Hey, thanks for joining us on the Life and Rhythm podcast. If you wouldn't mind, please hit like or subscribe to this because it helps other people discover us. And we would love to hear your comments below, any thoughts or questions. Today's episode is all about the God who pursues us, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit who's on mission in love to restore all things and how we can be a part of it. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Life and Rhythm podcast, where we hope to equip rhythm communities to be formed by God with one another for the good of others in the valley as it is in heaven. Well, welcome back to the Life yes. and Rhythm podcast. Hi, Adam. We're back. What's up, Matt? Well, today we're going to be exploring the gospel, trying okay. to gain clarity. In... Gain some clarity. Yeah. I like it. What was Jesus conscious of when he said, this is good news? Mm. That's a good question. <laughs> I hope we're going to answer it. <laughs> yep. We are. We're going to answer okay. all the questions. Okay. There's not going to be any mystery. Boom. No more. Yeah. No, in the no Christian more. life. Man, thank God for us. Yeah. So on that, yeah, thank God for the... <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just joking. Uh, so we're going to dive into a topic that I think is, it is central, but I think it, it is. Uh, I hope it is. It's very central, but I think it's, it is one of those mysterious elements when it has to do with the good news, right? Because yeah. Jesus comes announcing, hey, this is the gospel. The kingdom has come now, right? It's here. And it, mm. yet it's not fully here. It's going to come fully when I come back, but mm-hmm. I'm establishing it now and my resurrection is starting a new era in, today, today, like when yeah. I'm resurrected, yeah, this is the hope for the future. Boom. And he does that all throughout the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He does that in the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus says things like, well, I can't do anything on my own. I only do what, what I see I the see, Father doing. Yeah. What I see the Father doing. And I, he says crazy stuff like John 12. He says, I only say what I hear the Father saying, and I say it the way in which he wants me to say it. I've said that before. <laughs> never, never. <laughs> so we're going to dive into that. We're going to dive into okay. the Father, the right. Son, and the Holy Spirit. So how does the Trinity inform gospel, the good news? Mm-hmm. And this three persons, yet one God, and the dynamic between the Father and the Son. And there, there is a lot of confusion around that element of Christianity Absolutely. in general. But I'm hoping that through our conversation today, hopefully cool. it adds a little bit of clarity and a little bit more confidence for yeah. people listening of, oh, I can talk about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mysterious, but I talk about love and I don't understand all the things there is to know sure. about love. And so I'm going to ask you first, Adam, just how have you grown in your perception of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit since the last two years? I'm going to put a time frame on it. Just since you moved here to Arizona two years ago and launched Rhythm Community. How have you grown it? Yeah, it was a, I mean, yeah, I think we shared this a little bit in season one, um, just talking about um, the character of God and what is what is the gospel. I think it was that episode. Mm-hmm. Talked about how the gospel was um, preached to us or how we received the gospel uh, initially. And I think for me, you know, over the course of the last 13 years of being in ministry, uh, I've said this before, I could do all the things I need to do and be successful in ministry without the Holy Spirit. And that's a little scary. A little scary. And as I started digging into that, 
really the pattern of Christianity is matched with that in terms mm-hmm. of the Western church. Um, we can do all the things that we need to do in order to be deemed as a Christ follower or a Christian mm. and um, never mention the Holy Spirit and wow. never really talk about the power of the Holy Spirit within us. Yeah. And so I would say that has radically shifted my view of a triune God, mm. that there was it was really God the Father, God the Son, and Holy Bible yeah. um, was a primary you know, three person Trinity, um, which is not a bad thing. It's just an incomplete thing. And we've been talking about that a lot. And so the incompleteness of that is I didn't really fully grasp the Holy Spirit within me Mm -hmm. and the power of the Holy Spirit at work in me. And, um, and so it really comes out to play for me personally, right now, it comes to a place of practicing God's presence, uh, in, in every moment. Um, now, I'm not perfect at that. I'm not like dialed in. Every moment is submitted to Jesus. And I'm, I'm thinking, okay, God, what do you want to do right now? Um, but that is a question that I'm asking on a more consistent basis is, hey, God, in this moment, I mean, even here right now as we record this and then going to play it a few weeks later, not knowing what's happening around the world three weeks from now, but do know, like, right now in this moment, there is a word that needs to be said um, and that we possess. God is working through us and knows the listener on the other end yeah. and knows what they need to hear in order to be encouraged and inspired to follow the footsteps of Jesus and, yeah. and to really submit to him. And so whether it be this or whether it be a conversation with my wife or a conversation interaction with my daughter or hanging out with my son. Like I'm just constantly thinking about that in particular. What is God doing right now mm-hmm. in their life? And it, how can I be a part of that? Yeah. Very simple. Dude, I love that But question. super complex, obviously. Yeah, it is. But that is a fitting question for every moment of the day. Right. And to me, it comes from a very relaxed posture. Not, God, what can I do for you right now? Yeah. But rather, what are you already up to? Yeah. How are you already moving? And then how can I discern that movement? And then just join you in your movement. Because mm. this isn't about me. This is about what you're up to. Mm-hmm. And I just want to be a part of my father's work. Like, I want it to be take your son to work day today. Yeah. And I know I'm going to screw a lot of things up. I'm going to mess your desk up dad a lot. I'm probably going to slow you down, right. but you want to work through me and you want to work in me. Yeah. And I've caught myself so many times, especially as a, you know, professional Christian getting paid to be a, be a pastor, um, where again, like we can do this, a lot of this work without the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can even be elevated by individuals for the work that we're doing yeah. and they don't know our heart. Yeah. So, you know, I could be serving, I don't know, serving at a food pantry and somebody else is su- serving at the same food pantry. They're abiding by the spirit. Yeah. They're doing what the father has asked them to do. Yeah. And I'm doing it out of selfish ambition. Hey, look at me. Yeah. And to the outsider, you can't tell the difference. No, right? and I do. That's so huge for everybody listening, because if you are claiming to be an apprentice of Jesus, you're following Jesus. Jesus did everything within the power of the Holy Spirit. He was conceived in the Holy Spirit. He was baptized. The Holy Spirit descends on him. Mm-hmm. He, and then he goes so far as to say in John 15 when he says, you can do nothing apart from me. 
And obviously what you just said, you can serve food at a soup kitchen without right. the Holy Spirit. I've seen it done, right? But, <laughs> <laughs> but I've seen me do it. I've seen me do it. Yeah. But he's saying, no, if it's going to have a kingdom impact, if it's really going to add to the restoration of all things, mm-hmm. then you're going to need the Holy Spirit in you and through you to do that. Dude, yeah, man. I mean, bold statements. Like, I think there's some pastors that need to resign today mm. because they are doing the work for their kingdom versus the work for God's kingdom. Do I need to resign? Not, not you particularly, <laughs> but maybe me. I don't, you know, there's times where it's like, I'm, you know, and we don't talk yeah. about this a lot where good things are sinful things. Sometimes. Because, you know, air quotes here for those that are listening on audio, good, good things are sinful things because I'm doing it mm. for my own fulfillment, right? Yeah. I have false motives or, or ill motive. Yeah. Um, Jesus never had that. He had always had the correct motive, Yeah. which we don't really talk about. He, exactly what you just said, like he only did what he, he heard the father tell him to do mm-hmm. or what he saw the father do. He had correct motive in everything he was doing because yeah. he was without sin. He didn't have insecurities that he was trying to, you know, keep in check. And so, it's just a, it's a pretty complex thing when it's not just as easy as go and do what Jesus did. Yeah. Go and do, do what Jesus did with the correct motive. That's, that's very convicting, bro. It is because it makes me check my own heart and, you know, pray like the psalmist prays, God, would you just examine my own heart and my own motives? And if there's anything offensive in me, Mm. uh, point that out and I will repent of that. Mm-hmm. And I, I really do wonder how many pastors, leaders in church ministry, if God did point out, hey, I think it'd be good for a season for you to resign. <laughs> I wonder how many people would be obedient to that. Uh, okay, I, tr- I trust you. Yeah, I d- probably do. I've been doing this primarily for myself. And hear me say this too, because this is huge for everybody in ministry, whether you're getting paid for it or not. Or not yeah. We're all a mixed bag of motives, right? right, right? right. All of us. <laughs> And I heard... Never 100% pure. Absolutely. Never going to yeah. get there, which is why our Savior is Jesus and not our own heart. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I think it's important to note, like, there are some times where the scale is so tipped towards selfish right. ambition. Right. And towards building my own empire and not his kingdom that often can be seen within anxiety and can often be seen within, like, how mm-hmm. much am I really pausing to think about what God is up to in this moment? Absolutely. And how many times am I just doing it? Yeah, man, absolutely. Well, what, yeah, what about you when you answer that question? So moving out to Arizona, um, the place we live, East Mesa, there's a massive presence of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints, LDS congregations all over the place. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I always understood God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but moving to the valley, that has become a massive core part of who I am because it's not only distinctive it, within the LDS community of what they believe about God and what we believe about God, but it's distinct with people who don't know who God is. It's distinct with people Mm -hmm. who think they might know. And so for me, that has shifted massively. And I think it's because I, when I came here, I started reading this book by Michael Reeves called Delighting in the Trinity. And I I would love to read this quote, if that's cool. Yeah. Um, So he just says, here's a quote on why the Trinity is so vital to understanding the gospel. So Bear with me here. It's a few sentences. He says, such are the problems with non-triune gods in creation. Single person gods, little g, having spent all eternity alone are inevitably self-centered beings. 
And so it becomes hard to see why they would ever cause anything else to exist. Hmm. Wouldn't the existence of a universe be irritating, an irritating distraction for the God whose greatest pleasure is looking in the mirror? Hmm. Creating just looks like a deeply unnatural thing for that kind of singular God to do. And if such gods do create, they always seem to do so out of an essential neediness or desire to use what they create merely for their own self-gratification. So God's ecstasy everything changes when it comes to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Here is a God who is not essentially lonely, but who has been loving for all eternity as the Father loved the Son in the Spirit. Hmm. So loving others is not a strange or novel thing for this God at all. It's the root of all he is. Dang. Dude. So loving others is the root of all he is. And we talk about this all the time. How does that translate with us being a part of that community? Mm. How do we then participate? And we use the word obedience a lot, which in church culture is kind of a dirty word for a lot of people. It's very un-American. It's non-individualistic of like, I'm going to obey somebody other than myself. I'm going to submit myself. I'm going to surrender. I'm going to trust. Mm -hmm. And so... That, like, for me and how I've shifted towards, I've always believed that God's love language is obedience, but now more than ever, I'm seeing how that fits into the Trinity of how they submit to one another in relationship, how you see Jesus glorifying the Father and the Father exalting the Son and pouring out the Spirit lavishly. And this this movement, it's almost like this beautiful symphony Hmm. of relationship between the three of them. And so I'm curious for you, like, how has obedience in your faith journey helped to shape your experience in God's love? If that really is who he is, how well, in the last couple of years has that Yeah, shifted? man. I mean, there's just been such a deconstruction of <laughs> a lot of, um, you know, we went, you know, went to seminary, you, you yeah. learn, you, know, you read thousands of books. Um, and it's, it's interesting because it's like, when you start to have a pattern of which you you've always identified you know God to be, yeah. you kind of fall into that. Like your your life starts to reflect that. Your identity you start to put on that identity of however you depict God. Mm-hmm. Um, how I heard somebody say this: How you shape God shapes you. Yeah. And so Honestly. when you shape God into a you know this vengeful you know sort of monster. Uh, this angry, this angry God that is just waiting for you to screw up. I mean, how, how are you going to live your life? Scared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just breeds fear yeah. and, and, and death. I mean, that is not a way to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are slowly dying a slow death. And so I think for me, um, I, I remember vividly hearing a pastor just on his knees weeping um, it was at a conference and the speaker was just saying over and over again, the words of Jesus, if you love me, you will obey my commands and just talked about how much of a promise that is mm. that if I, if, if you love God, you will, you will delight in obeying the commands. Your just life will reflect it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's, it's really just done, um, kind of a, a 180, in a lot of ways of going from either performance based, which is my, my inclination of just like getting into a place or a posture where I have to work for God's love mm-hmm. to a place where God is constantly and consistently pursuing me 
in spite of all the things that I've done, he is turning himself toward me, not away from me. Yeah. Um, so we get in this place of like holiness, a holy God has nowhere, no, no place to be around sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're sinful humans. <laughs> And so God, throughout, even throughout the Old Testament, when we start to look at this lens of which God is love, the way it's depicted in Jesus, mm-hmm. going back to the Old Testament, we start to read the Old Testament a little bit different. Yeah, we do. Where we see a, what we would say a missional God, a God that is pursuing us mm-hmm. consistently in the garden. What does God do after Adam and Eve sin? He clothes them, yeah. gives them fig leaves. What does God do after Cain and Abel he marks Cain mm-hmm. so that he protects him. What does God do? Abraham. I mean, you go through the list of yeah. names, people that have royally screwed up. God continues to pursue him. Yeah. Jesus at the woman at the you know, woman at the well. Yeah. What does he do? He goes and he sits with her. He says, Sin no more. Yeah. And it's a promise of like, this is the life that I give you. You want it, you want to get a drink. You yeah. want to be thirsty no more. Hmm. I can do that for you. And so for me, it's just all of those stories and all the ways in which God has depicted his love for me in spite of all the things that I've done. um, I just, you know, when I'm having the worst of days and I'm thinking, man, I don't measure up, uh, I'm not good enough. I just start to scroll through that narrative and those stories over and over and over again. And my, my prayer is that my obedience comes from wanting to be in his presence and just be loved by him. Yeah. That's it. I mean, how different is that mindset of, okay, God has turned away from me. So I got to, ob- I got to start obeying so that I can get in front of him Yeah, again. Cause he's walking away from me. Cause I've jacked up my life. I've done this, 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 I am fully aware of my yeah. brokenness. So that is not the good news presented. Genesis all the way to Revelation, all 66 books do not tell that story of, well, you better chase after him because he's walking away from you. The entire narrative is, no, he's a missional God. He's a missional loving God who's turning himself towards you when yeah. you walk away. Yeah. If you will just recognize him, if you don't, he's going to keep turning himself just... around over and over again towards you. Yeah. That it, is such a different posture. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And he lovingly gives us free will. Yeah. Like, um, and that, is the, that fully expresses his love because yeah. he does so. We could be robots, yeah. and he demands our love, and he programs it into us. Yeah. That's not how he does it. Mm-mm. So he gives us the opportunity, and yeah. we, we could choose one way or the other. Um, and sometimes we do choose, and a lot of times we do choose yeah. uh, the other away from him but it doesn't mean that he stops pursuing us. And for me, what I have to remind myself, it doesn't mean that I have to go clean myself up mm-hmm. before I come into relationship with them. No, no. And we know what that's like. I mean, in human relationships, we know what it's like to be around people who make us better. Mm-hmm. It's not we have to be better to be in their presence. It's that just being around their presence empowers us in their example and who they are to give us what we need and motivation to become like them. Mm. And Jesus does that. When we're walking in his presence, he gives us the motivation through his Holy Spirit to become like him moment by moment. And when we screw up, Mm. we're quick to remind ourselves he's right there. He's just waiting for us to stop, stop, stop feeling so bad for ourselves, stop pitying ourselves. 
he's not pleased in any kind of self-pity. He doesn't, he doesn't appreciate that. Yeah. More, beating ourselves up does not make his heart happy. Right. And just like it doesn't make any father or mother happy when their kid does that. And like you were saying earlier, he does all this. He sets us in a point to be free. Yeah. Inside and out. It was for, that's Galatians 5. Like it is for freedom, freedom that I have set you free. You want to know the reason why I died on the cross, resurrected, why my kingdom is so important? It's for freedom. Mm. It's Jesus' invitation in Matthew 11. All of this, lead, like learning to practice the unforced rhythms of grace, yeah. lead us to a place yeah. of obedience and in a place of being free and light. Right. Those two elements of the Christian life, to me, are what makes it good news. Mm -hmm. Not bad news, obligatory news, you better be good enough news. Mm -hmm. what, are, what are some ways that you find yourself, um, just some practical ways of just being reminded of that? Is there anything that you do on a regular basis that just puts you in that posture of either be from performance base of like, I'm not good enough to like mm -hmm. sort of this idea of being shame driven or guilt driven? Yeah. How do you temper that? Yeah. I mean, some of the practices is surrounding myself with voices that are true. Um, so the kind of reading I do, uh, the kind of people I surround myself with, the community that I'm a part of. That is a huge part of reminding me who I am because I don't think I can know myself apart from community. I think we need community to really know who our true selves. Um, but a very simple practice that I found very mm. helpful is the practice of examine at the end of the day. Mm. So it's an old, you can Google St. Ignatius of Loyola. Put it in the show notes. Yeah, put yeah. it in the show notes. Go ahead. So yeah. Technology is he, crazy. Technology is great. In examine at the end of the day, it's a way of putting yourself to sleep with no shame. It's a way of entering into a restful state at the end of the day where I'm, I'm contemplating. So here are some of the questions that I ask myself. And these are not the end-all, be-all questions, but these are questions that help me to live into that no shame freedom is, okay, God, today when I review my day and almost like I'm playing it back to myself and I'm asking myself, where did I notice that you were at work and participate with that? And I just celebrate those moments. Hmm. And, and that maybe takes 60 seconds. I'm just replaying, oh, yeah, that was fun when you prompted me to do that and I obeyed and that was so beautiful that you made that happen or I made this phone call or this text or I, I went out of my way to do this for my kids or my wife and I, and I wanted to. It was like in freedom I got to do those mm. things and I celebrate that. And then I ask myself very gently, God, what are the ways in which I missed it today? Where did I miss living in that freedom? And I, I do, I think back on, man, I really was selfishly just doing that for me today mm. and that didn't bear any fruit. And I did this today and I... I wish I wouldn't have done that. Or I could have done this, and I know you were calling me to do that, but I was just too tired. Mm. And so I just didn't do it. I'm sorry. And in that moment, I'm receiving his forgiveness. And then I ask the very simple question, where did I find myself really enjoying your love and your presence today? And how can I be more intentional tomorrow? And I just kind of drift off dreaming about that, setting my intention for the next day of living a life on mission in love. Mm. Um, and I usually like to fall asleep in that prayerful state. And God's not offended by that. I know some people are listening to this. They're like, I think it's offensive. You fall asleep talking to somebody. It's not like that. <laughs> He's not offended. So th that's one practice that I found really helpful. That's good. I think that's, um, yeah, I think that's really encouraging, man. Because I, I, there's so many times that we, uh, we don't do that kind of work and we fall asleep with, you know, all that piled up yeah. on us. And then we wake up the next day running into all the day that has, you know, all that 
um, the day has to bring us. And yeah. we take that baggage with us. We do, man. And it piles up and piles up and piles up. Yeah. And going back to the community piece, like just as God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we were made to be in community. And that helps me to live in freedom. That mm. helps me to live this free and light life that Jesus died and resurrected for. And so I, I always go back to that quote by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Mm. I'm going to read this. He says, he wrote a book called Life Together. Yeah. He said, let him who cannot be alone beware of community and let him who is not in community beware of being alone. Let me read that again. Let yeah. him who cannot be alone, if you have a hard time being alone, beware of being in community. And then let him who is not in community, so you have no community, beware of being alone. Both of those things by themselves can be really destructive if you're just lonely all the time or if you're just in community all the time. That there's a rhythm of back and forth of silence and solitude, of being alone with God, and yet community being intentional with our relationships that brings us into the fullness of the life that we're created for. Mm -hmm. And so talk about just your community rhythms right now and your alone rhythms and what's helping you to experience that life with God. Yeah, absolutely. In this season. Well, I've struggled with this. Uh, and, you know, and, and there's seasons where I do a great job with being alone. Uh, there's seasons where I, I just can't stand it. Uh, but for me, as of, as of late, um, I've just been practicing a lot of meditation. Yeah. And before I was very like, oh, meditation, this is, you know, this is not even in the Bible, you know, we're, um, but it, you know, I had a mentor in, in Joplin, uh, Christ Church of Orinoga talked to me about the power of meditation going through, um, uh, emotionally healthy spirituality mm-hmm. and just, um, walking through that book with him. He, one of the rhythms that came out of that for me was just the, the fact that I needed, uh, alone time stillness and I needed to to just focus on nothing uh, in terms of performance. Yeah. So my alone time was I'll be alone and work. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll be alone and doing something. Yeah. And there's a, there's a drastic difference for me um, of being alone and not performing or doing anything, mm-hmm. but just sitting. So I've been doing that and, and inviting some guys to do that with me. Um, and so we've done a couple of different just silent, just silent retreats, That's awesome. uh, which has been really good. And, uh, and then a rhythm for me, just doing that on a regular basis without anybody in the room, uh, just myself. So, so that's a big one. Uh, our family rhythms are, we have a lot of people in our home on uh, a consistent basis. And so we, we love our community and we love to be around our community as much as possible. Uh, but we also know we need uh, Friday. Usually Fridays are shut down, get everything wrapped up for the week. And then that starts our Sabbath essentially. Yeah. And yeah. just an extended time for us to be a family. And that usually goes from, you know, Friday to, to Saturday morning or such. So for us, that's been a really good rhythm yeah. of just, you know, we do family night, movie night usually, or game night. Um, and just hang out as a family, just yeah. the four of us. Um, so yeah, so that's Man, kind our of our rhythm. kids crave that, dude. When we go a week or two without a family night, a slow night, mm-hmm. they talk about it. Absolutely. They, they speak up. Like, when are we, it feels like we haven't done that forever. It could just be a week. Yeah. And they're like, we need that. Yeah. So that's huge, man. Yeah. That's awesome. 
What well, about you? Yeah. Yeah. So I would say um, for everybody listening, if, if you want to lean into a, maybe a practice of meditation or study um, the, over the coming week, that I would encourage you to go back to one of our core documents that talks a lot about the Trinity. So you and I get asked a lot, hey, so okay. what is rhythm actually believe. Yep. You and Adam just making this up in a closet yep. or, <laughs> or what's going on. And so one of the documents we use is called the Cape Town Commitment. Mm-hmm. And so um, we'll put the link in the show notes, but there's a few sections, parts nine, 10, and 11 talk about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's literally three paragraphs. So I want to challenge everybody listening to this. If you haven't studied the Trinity at all, if you've never like read anything about it, these three paragraphs are a good, in my Mm -hmm. opinion, very good summation from 4,000 Christian leaders from all over the globe that said, these are some of the core beliefs of what makes us followers of Christ. These are some of like how we love God and love one another and live into the gospel. And so I would challenge people listening to this, watching this, that you go and you read those sections. And I'm, I'm just going to read a brief sentence, not the whole thing, but about uh, in the section called, We Love God, the Holy Spirit. Because he says, without the gifts and guidance and power of the Spirit, our mission is mere human effort. And without the fruit of the Spirit, our unattractive lives cannot reflect the beauty of the gospel. Dang. It's meant to be beautiful. Not just good and true, which it is. It yeah. is meant to be inspirationally beautiful. Dude. Not just said, but lived out with one another. That's good. That's a good place to, to wrap up. I, I want to be able to give, you know, maybe a rhythm that we could practice this week as we go through, you know, reading 9, 10, 11. Yeah. I love the idea of the gospel being beautiful. Mm-hmm. For so many people, um, the gospel, when heard, when they hear that word, or when they think of God, yeah. uh, it's, I don't, <laughs> the word beautiful is so far from their vocabulary. Yeah. Um, at least it was for me in a lot of, for a lot of my life. And that is such a good word that the gifts of the spirit, um, so love, joy, peace, patience, guidance, uh, uh, peace, patience, kindness. I want to say guidance. <laughs> he does guide us in all those he does. things. Yeah. Uh, gentleness, yeah. Uh, faithfulness, self-control. Yeah. Am I missing one? Gentleness. Gentleness, yeah. yeah. So, you know, those are all things that it's, and I, I remember somebody saying this, it's not just a little bit of those things. Like no. I got a little bit of love today and then the rest is just hatred. Yeah. Um, but it's the utmost of all of those attributes, all those characteristics. Yeah. So when people see your life yeah. reflected in patience and kindness and gentleness yeah. or self-control, that's why we're talking about the whole gospel, the whole self meeting the whole world is because when you have all of those things, it impacts everything. Yeah, bro. I think that's huge, man. I think that's really big for us to be able to chew on. So what, what's a rhythm that you're just, maybe you're practicing with, um, trying to understand the Trinity a little bit better in your life or trying to really focus on the Holy Spirit that we can end with? 
Yeah. Well, again, I, I want to just challenge you to study these three parts. I think studying is a rhythm that brings us closer to a renewed mind mm. in this transformational journey. And so it's not, I'm sorry, I misspoke earlier. It's not sections nine and 11, it's pages nine and 11 okay. in, in the Cape Town commitment. So I would get out a journal, get out those sections, review it, look up scriptures and do some study work. Mm. Like when you look at the life of Christ and some of the rhythms that led him to live in freedom, Look at his early life in Luke chapters one, two, and three. He studied, said that he actually grew in knowledge, which is kind of freaky, that Jesus wasn't downloaded with all biblical data right when he was born. Right. He had to grow in yeah. knowledge. And, and part of that was learning how to study and ask questions. Mm -hmm. And so be a good student of the scriptures. God's not afraid of your questions. When you read something like that, journal through, do I really believe that, that like our unattractive lives cannot reflect the beauty of the gospel without the fruit of the spirit. Do I really believe that? That's good, man. Um, yeah. And study it instead, not just study scriptures, but let it study you. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, absolutely. Being able to write that out. What do I believe with this mm -hmm. section by section, whether it be through that or even the references that they have right. for scripture going through the scriptures, what do I believe? And yeah. then Again, going back to obedience, what what am I going to do now yeah. with that, that with what I believe? Transformative, bro. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, great being with you. See you next week. Much love. Peace. Peace. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Life and Rhythm Podcast. We are on mission to live freely and lightly with one another for the good of others. Peace.